It's the DNP Project Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Molly Bradshaw and Dr. Tracy Vitale. Episode 5, Finding the Problem and Partners as a First Step. In this episode, we're gonna discuss how to identify the problem and partners as the first step in completing the DNP project and where you go from there. So welcome to the DNP Project Podcast where we share tips, inspiration, and more. My name is Dr. Molly Bradshaw and I'm the co-host of the show and I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. Tracy Vitale. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Molly. So we're going to talk about the kickoff, you know, getting started and getting engaged with the DMP project. So if you think of football, if you like football, this is the kickoff of the game, right? Uh, but there's either two ways this is going to go. A student either needs to find a problem and then find a partner to help um, execute the problem, or they need to find a practice partner that will help identify a problem. So it can go either way, but the important thing here is that it has to be mutually uh, beneficial to the student and the partnering organization. So that's kind of what we're getting at in this episode. But finding those two pieces is the first thing that has to happen in a DMP project. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. We got to start with the problem. Yep. So we talked earlier in an episode about students, you know, when they come to us as faculty, we're always hearing students say, for my DMP project, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And students tend to identify an intervention first. And that's really not the right way to go about it. The first thing we're always preaching is that the student has to find a problem, a gap. Um, so it's the, a better way to reframe and for students to think about a practice problem, because remember the DMP is a practice focused degree. So a better way to think about it initially is to reframe and say, I see a problem with blank. Um, I see a gap with blank. This is what should be happening according to the policy, the guideline, um, the algorithm, but in real world, this is what's happening and there's a gap. Or you might say there could be an opportunity to X, Y, and Z. So as you identify the problem, then the next phase becomes identifying a context. It's, there has to be an organization, a community-based group, um, a setting, a context, but it's really a, a partner to help execute the, the problem. Is that what you would agree to? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that um, when we think about the, the problems and gaps and opportunities that we have, um, they're everywhere. Uh, we, we can think about, um, you know, uh, that it could happen in a healthcare setting, it could happen in a community-based setting. Any of those are possibilities where we have the potential to improve the healthcare, improve uh, our patients' uh, health and well-being. Um, I think that what students also want to keep in mind when they're thinking about identifying the problem is think of one that's going to be relevant to them uh, in their future career. You know, uh, mm -hmm. how can they take this problem and really allow it to help develop them as a nurse with a with a practice uh, doctorate degree? 
Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, as you said that, I was thinking um, the idea of an organization, you know, a partnering organization. Um, at my school, we've had a lot of debate about what is what does an organization mean? Like, what does that mean? And we kind of decided on the definition that an organization is any entity that's involved in some aspect of the delivery of healthcare. So that might be a school system. It might be a religious um, entity. It might be the traditional hospital or clinic or that type thing. It might be uh, the Boys and Girl Scouts of America. It might be 4-H. It could, I mean, there's just a, a ton of ways that it can look, um, but, but an organization is just really any group that is involved or could be involved uh, with the delivery of healthcare to a patient or population group. So that might be Absolutely. a helpful way to think about um, identifying a partner in this. Absolutely. And when you're thinking about um, identifying that partner, uh, we've mentioned before, you want that partnering organization to have value in the problem that you've identified. Um, because you know, we want to create a relationship that's going to be beneficial and a, a positive working relationship. And the only way for that to happen is for both you as the student um, or the student that you're advising um, and the, org the intended organization to both have a vested interest in the success of, your, of the student project. I think one of the challenging things that you're really going to have to negotiate as a student. So if I have a problem that I'm passionate about and I go to the organization to pitch my idea or even to see if the organization is interested in, in working on a project together, there, um, there's different, I'm going to have to have an elevator speech. I'm going to talk to people differently uh, within that organization. So um, talk to us about how, that conversation might look in that initial stage? Well, sure. You know, when uh, I think it's important for us to recognize that we, um, we have to think of the currency of the person that we're talking to, right? And I don't mean currency money. I mean, what's, the, what's their value? What's their perspective on it? Why should the person I'm talking to care about my problem? that I've identified, whether it's self-identified or, you know, the chief nursing officer said, you know, hey, we're dealing with this issue, can you help us out with it? The way we talk to stakeholders um, is different uh, based on what their role is. Um, mm -hmm. The way I, my three minute elevator speech to the chief nursing officer about a specific problem is gonna be very different than the elevator speech about my project that I give to the chief financial officer, Correct. which is also yeah. going to be very different than the elevator speech that I give to the, to the providers or practitioners or the, the frontline staff that I'm looking to help execute the practice change. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just finding those areas that are important to them. If I'm, so for example, if I'm looking to um, improve uh, CAUTI and CLABSI rates in an ICU setting, um, when I speak to the CNO, I'm thinking in terms of 
uh, quality and safety of the patients, okay? When I'm speaking to the CFO, I may be thinking about penalties that the hospital um, gets incurs because of failing to meet benchmarks. Mm -hmm. um, when I speak to the nurses and the staff about why they should want to change their practice based on what I'm looking to do for my project, um, mm -hmm. what are they going to get out of it, out mm -hmm. of doing my project? Well, if we can decrease infection rates, they won't need to be on our unit as long. And then, you know, maybe we won't have a higher, uh, we won't have the nurse patient ratio that we have because we're able to get, you know, keep our patients healthy and get them out um, in a timely fashion. So it's all the same project, but I have to focus on different aspects of the implications of the project, depending on who I'm speaking to. Mm -hmm. You know, I, once, I always, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, once this buy-in occurs, you know, let's say that I'm a student and I've sort of got a problem in mind and I go to a partnering organization and I pitch my idea to the different stakeholders and that goes well. Um, in my experience, one of the next things, like let's just say, for example, the organization says, yes, we're interested in a project um, around the topic that you're interested in. And you say, okay, great. I think the next piece that the student has to be prepared to negotiate is timelines because often the organizational timeline i mean when they agree to something they want it done <laughs> right then fast uh, they're really excited they're very enthused and so what the student needs to know is that academic timelines you know you're this is an academic experience it's a learning experience so one of the things you need to be very transparent about and you need to negotiate ahead of time is the timeline of the organization and how that compares to the academic timeline that a student is going to follow because for example if the student has not taken um, their dmp project planning class yet it you know they haven't really got the skills yet to you know if they haven't cleared the irb you know so there's a a lot of things that have to happen on the academic side and so it may be necessary for the student, once they get that initial, yes, we're interested, first just talk to the organization about maybe what kind of timeline they're looking at, and then take that information back to the faculty and let the faculty advise on what the academic timeline is going to look like, or maybe you do that ahead of time. But there has to be really a negotiation of the timeline. It's the number one frustrating thing that will happen if you don't do it appropriately, that the organization will want to move faster than the academic process will allow. Has that been your experience too? Absolutely. And um, I, I have something else to add on that. And But before I get there, I want to be able to focus on that conversation is critically important. I cannot stress it enough it's part of being a leader, you know, uh, being, becoming a DNP, you're going to be a leader in the profession. You're going to be expected mm -hmm. to lead our profession in some capacity. And, you know, one of my famous sayings that students always hear me saying is you have to be comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. And that can be an uncomfortable conversation. Um, you know, it, 
if, if they've identified it as a problem, especially if they are the originators, the, the project site is the originator in identifying what the problem is, they want, they tend to want action immediately. And we have to be willing to say, uh, I'm all in, I'm glad you're, you have something and that you're willing to work with me, but please recognize that um, I have some constraints that I'm working under as well. Let's find a way to make that work for both of us. Um, mm -hmm. So that way there's some upfront and honest dialogue. Again, it helps avoid any issues um, on the back end that they're frustrated with you because it's taking so long, but that's because we never had the conversation ahead of time to say, well, here's where I am in my course sequencing and, and here's where we expect um, you know, the timing of things to work out. Um, in addition to the timeline conversation, um, I, another challenge that students tend to face is sometimes project sites get super excited about the project and want to make it much more than uh, mm -hmm. what it needs to be. Um, and, you know, sometimes we have conversations with students, you know, this doesn't, this project doesn't have to be your life's work. Um, you know, it, it's certainly going to provide that foundation for future scholarship for you, but you don't have to do it all just in order to graduate. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, take off, you know, a, a, a manageable bite of what you can, you know, what you can work on and meet the expectations of your, of your mm -hmm. college or university to meet the requirements of having completed the DNP project. And establish that plan for sustainability where the where the facility can then say this is great this is a great starting point and now we've got a little bit of a feeder system going where other students can come in and continue to expand upon that mm -hmm. i think that those two points of the timeline mm -hmm. and the manageability of a reasonably sized project are critical conversations to be having with potential partners because mm -hmm. we want and you to graduate <laughs> oh yeah and and the words that i sometimes use for that is feasibility and how a project might be scaled or phased you know i think students i've observed students getting panicky that somebody's going to steal their idea or that somebody you know that what if the organization does take off and say yeah you know we want a new nurse mentorship program so let's do it and then the students like but you know but that was what i was going to do so a couple things on that point. Number one, if an organization does for some reason take off on a project, just because a project takes off doesn't mean that it's going to last, doesn't mean that it doesn't need revision, doesn't mean that it doesn't need refocusing. So maybe if a project takes off, the student can negotiate coming in to maybe phase two of the project or a, a later aspect of the project. So it's, they're not in on the ground, the liftoff, but they might be um, involved in the one-year evaluation of the program, or they might be involved in the two-year evaluation or something like that. So that's one way to kind of uh, not lose heart that it's a totally lost cause. Again, it's just something that you've got to negotiate. Um, and the other thing to a great point that you're talking about, I think it really, um, the faculty will guide and, and recommend in terms of, you're right, it doesn't have to be your life's work, but maybe there's an arm or an aim or an element that you can be clearly in charge of as a contributing factor or something uh, like that. So 
there is often ways uh, to stage projects, phase projects, roll things out in chunks, and the chunk could be someone's DM project, someone's DMP project, and then maybe the second chunk is someone else's DMP project. So those are all things to keep in mind as we're negotiating with potential organizations and potential partners. Absolutely, definitely. So. Um, and again, in some, um, in some DMP programs, topics are assigned, organizational partners are assigned students in other programs they get to choose. And I would say in a good majority of DMP programs, students complete their projects in the organizations that they work for or uh, for their employers, you know, in some way. So there's a lot of different ways that can look. But if you still feel stuck on the idea of getting your problem, identifying a partner, and our workbook that we partner with this Springer, the DMP Project Workbook, a step-by-step -step process for success, there are some exercises some activities that you can do to really help with the brainstorming process. So brainstorming, I think, is a real critical activity. Uh, so there's some uh, some of that content that can kind of help a student think through, you know, what would this look like? What would that look like? And then kind of narrow it down to a best idea. That's sort of what you and I have done a lot in our boot camp series mm -hmm. of helping students kind of work through that. But it's a necessary um, thinking process that has to go on. And I would argue it's one of the more difficult parts of the project is getting a problem, identifying the partner, and then getting it narrowed down to something that's feasible. Right. And on the timeline, on the timeline, on everybody's timeline, we can't say timeline enough. Absolutely. So, this kind of wraps up the first of our five episodes of our podcast. So we're hoping that you like the podcast. If you do, give us some feedback, give us some review. You can find us um, in a couple of different places. Tracy, tell us where we can be found. Okay, so on uh, Twitter, we are at DNP Success. We're on Instagram, uh, DNP Success. We've got uh, um, email available dnp success at gmail.com you're probably seeing a trend here with our name uh, and uh, we've got a youtube channel so check out dnp success and um, if you are listening to our podcast you can check out youtube and actually see what we look like so we're really excited about this uh, we hope that you uh, share the the information and let others know and let us know uh, what else we can do to uh, help meet your needs as you prepare uh, for completing a project or helping others, uh, helping students complete a DMP project. So uh, check it out. We're looking forward to some future episodes with more tips. We want to inspire you. We want to bring in some uh, other experts and interview them and ask them about their stories, their experiences. We want to bring in some other experts and talk about some emerging ideas uh, beyond the DMP project. So we're really excited about where this is going to take us. So come along with us on the journey. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to Dr. Molly Bradshaw and Dr. Tracy Vitale on the DMP Project podcast. Check out the DMP Project YouTube channel 
at DNP Success on YouTube.